Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. You know, for the longest time, we've been talking about the four-day work week and how great that would be. And I thought, why wouldn't everybody be on that same page in regards to working less days a week, having a three-day weekend? I guess if you work hourly, that might be an issue. Yeah, I guess so. If you're working paycheck to paycheck and you need the hours. Then we learned uh, that some some expert or somebody said that uh, it would be better to have, like, the Wednesday off instead of the Monday or Friday. Right. So you'd, you'd work the Monday, Tuesday, get that break, work the Thursday, Friday, then have the Saturday, Sunday again. Yes. Anyhow, gotcha. all of it seems great to me, but I guess that's not the case for most. Uh, Forbes just published the results of a work-related survey, and one of the questions they asked was about people's interest in a four-day work week, and surprisingly, not a lot of people were into it. Only a quarter, uh, or sorry, a quarter of older folks would like to work one day less. These are people between the ages of 58 and 76. And interest in a four-day work week declined from there. Less people ages 42 to 57 were into it, even less uh, when it came to people 26 to 41. And very few of workers 18 to 25 wanted an extra day off. Interesting. Which seems odd because all the talk nowadays is that we can't get anybody to work. I'll, t- I'll tell you this, though, it, it, and here's one of the, the what could be the problem. Because we all want to work less and make more, mm-hmm. right? And, and the idea of the four-day work be, being we make the same amount that we do now, but right. we work a day less. Um, even if we're making up some hours in the four days that we're working, mm-hmm. we're trying to be more productive during those. But if I were to be honest about it and, and really look at it, like with the summer coming up and we're planning a couple of weekends away here and there, if I had had another night hotel, mm. another day of meals and entertainment, uh, three-day weekends every weekend would really rack up. Yeah, I, I don't know that it means you have to fill those weekends with family activity. No, not necessarily family, but even just those, you know, if it's another, if you now party two nights of the weekend <laughs> instead of one or three instead of two, sure, everything adds up. I think I think it's got a lot to do with maybe how they uh, formed and pitched the question. Because if they uh, said, well, fewer work days with the same pay or fewer work days with less pay or fewer work days with more hours out the week to fill them out, right. then, then I could see how people would say, well, I'd rather just stick with my uh, five days a week instead of having to work four days and 12 hours a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're still only going to put in about four hours of work anyhow, <laughs> That's right. as as we've learned. So, yeah, I, 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 it seems like every company that's tried this experiment has come back with good reviews and said it's worked out for everybody. And that time, that work-life balance that everybody all of a sudden is so desperately craving. At the very least, they're coming back and saying they're not losing productivity. Yeah. Yeah. So... I, I, listen, I think what will happen eventually is much like working from home. Some companies are sticking with it. Others aren't. Yeah. Some companies will do four-day work weeks. Others won't. It won't ever be an across-the-board kind of here's the rule for everybody. Unless you're a government employee. <laughs> then you're, you're getting 13% raises every year and working two days a week. Joshua Jackson had the opportunity to get freaky in the new Fatal Attraction TV series. And in an interview, he revealed his pet peeve when it comes to sex scenes. And after I read this, I thought, oh, yeah, that is is true. I've never thought of this. 
It's when two people are having sex and then the woman pulls the covers over her boobs. He says, I've never in my life had sex with somebody and then have them turn to me and say, hey, I don't like to see you to see my nipples in the morning. Mm. It is an odd thing. They get up to go to the bathroom and they cover themselves in a towel. Right. Nobody really does that in the real life, do they? <laughs> I don't know. I'm asking. <laughs> You'd have to have some to yeah, know. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> the uh, Fatal Attraction remake starts uh, streaming this Sunday. I've always wondered that, too. Like, how... How does it not get awkward, especially for the dude? Oh, for sure. You must be popping a boner, right? <laughs> they have they use little garments and socks and stuff to cover up, but, but still, you can't having, cover everything. You're having a moment with Margot Robbie. I don't care what you you cover up her in a whole, uh, you know, head I, to toe in a paper bag. I heard. Uh, I think it was Denzel Washington being interviewed once. And they were asking the, the, the topic of sex scenes came up with, among a couple of actors, and. And one, it was, yes, it was embarrassing mm. uh, if, you know, if you get aroused in that way. Mm -hmm. But also embarrassing if you don't. Insulting? <laughs> Insulting, perhaps. Yeah. Right? Right. <laughs> Should I be getting aroused here? Yeah. And, you know, I don't like you, this supermodel, that much. You know, there's so many actresses that they just walk in a room and immediately dudes are, are ready to rock. Right. You can only imagine having to cozy up to them. Well, and the only thing is, in doing it all, we we picture it's just ourselves with that actress mm -hmm. or actor in there, uh, not a room full of people filming it. Right. And that's the way and I like shouting it. instructions. <laughs> I once uh, took a on-camera acting class for a, a couple of semesters, and in that time, we had to reenact all sorts of different scenes from different movies. And occasionally there would be an intimacy scene of some sort where you were, you know, very close to the other person and, and would just act to the point. And, and even I remember even like going driving downtown for these classes and thinking, oh, no, I got to do this scene tonight with whatever the other student's name was. And I'm like, this is this is not going to go well. Right. I have to. But the other thing, too, always was just like your own body sense. I'd be eating packages of gum. Yeah. <laughs> You're just so afraid. <laughs> I, I can tell you from my limited experience, it's really, really frustrating. And because there's, like, call it framing, right? Mm -hmm. You've got to be yep. in the right position where the lighting hits and all of this. Yep. And... You've got someone in your ear lining you up for all of this. Hmm. And in the back of your mind, you're like, I, I thought I knew how to stand. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> or talk. And do you talk with your hands? What do you, what do you not talk with your hands? Yeah. Are you, am, I, am I looking like the, the Trump uh, jerking people off when I'm talking <laughs> and dancing? It's like, what is it that I'm doing right or wrong? And, and I can't imagine in a sex scene when you got someone shouting it. Well, no, you got to lift your leg this way or not that way. Get your arms higher up. What it, all of this going through your mind yeah. while you're doing that? It's got to be crazy. I would think so. And that's why I said no to all of it. Right. Oh, I had my opportunities. <laughs> it's it's the, no Charlize. I can't do that that's today. Right. I, it's it's why I applaud porn stars. I, I, you, you see the amateur stuff? They look like fish flopping out of water. <laughs> but those those professionals know what they're doing. They get their arse up and their leg over. Uh, Keanu Reeves did a surprise signing at a comic book store in Los Angeles last week, and he had a great conversation with a nine-year-old fan. I'm such a big fan. What's your name? 
I know I'm Keanu. You're probably my favorite actor in the whole world. Oh my gosh, Noah, thank you. Did you see Duke Kaboom in Toy Story 4? Yeah, he's my favorite character. Canada's greatest son, man. <laughs> well, I'm glad you liked it. Nah, he's such a good dude. Is, it, is he not like now the like just the nicest dude in the world? Did, did Matthew so Perry wrong. start some of this <laughs> by calling him out? Maybe. I think there's something going on. He, he's too good. Nobody can be this good. <laughs> It's, he's got, there's got to be skeletons in that closet. Um, the end could be near for Aerosmith. The band's logo has popped up at a, uh, some venues, and uh, uh, up with the, uh, the logo is the phrase, peace out. There's a countdown clock on their website that expires on Monday, so people are speculating that they're going to announce a farewell tour. Earlier this month, Joe Perry said they were launching a 40-date tour later this year that will stretch into 2024. But he didn't say it, uh, he didn't at that time say it would be their last. Now, they, they say the timing is interesting on this uh, because Steven Tyler is facing a lawsuit from a woman who says he had uh, sexual relationships with her when she was underage in the 70s. Tyler's defense appears to be that he uh, should have immunity because he was able to convince her parents to make him her legal guardian. That makes it sound even worse. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I know it was the 70s, but <laughs> wow, it's, it's a hell of an argument. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I can they still do this? Can Joe Perry still operate the Toxic Twins to do yeah, all this? I don't know. They're in their 70s, I guess. I mean, the Stones are still going. Right? Who knows? Um, there's another alien movie in the works, uh, but Sigourney Weaver says, I'm out. I'm done playing Ellen Ripley. She said, uh, you know, that ship has sailed. I was very happy doing it when I was doing it, but I put in my time in space. Wow. All right. Yeah. You think uh, even though the ship has sailed, a boatload of cash sometimes can convince. Yeah. Well, she shows up in uh, the Avatar movie. I mean, I guess her and James Cameron have really had quite the film relationship right. together. Especially if it's not that all-involved role. Like, we just need you on screen for a couple of minutes to mm -hmm. throw the franchise on kind of thing. Um, people were asked on BuzzFeed about movie characters that were toxic and shouldn't be glorified. And uh, some of them include uh, Ferris Bueller. They say he's slimy, he's a liar, a con artist. Probably went on to work at Enron. <laughs> they say he's a perfect symbol of everything that's wrong. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why he was fun to watch. Yeah. The Phantom from Phantom of the Opera. He's not romantic. He's a creep. Right. Tyler Durden from Fight Club. He's a controlling, manipulative uh, sociopath. Yeah, kind of a bad influence. Yeah. Daniel Hilliard, Hilliard Mrs. Doubtfire. If you think about the story with even an ounce of depth, his character is basically a nightmare stalker X. Yeah, <laughs> true. Tony Montana. He isn't a hero. He betrayed everyone close to him in his life. His best friend, sister, wife, all came second to power, greed, and materialism. Was he supposed to be a hero? I don't think so. He was my hero. <laughs> Say goodnight to the bad guy. Uh, let's have a bit of a bummer discussion, shall we? Oh, great. Um, have you ever considered... What you want done with your remains. When you shed this mortal coil, are you going to have your typical classic funeral coffin in the ground? Or are you going to do a cremation and be spread at the cottage? Uh, no, I think uh, most of my family has all gone into one cemetery. All right. And, uh, and had plans to do that. I remember when, I think it was my grandmother had passed away. Uh, everyone was in the family was starting to think about that time mm. about 
buying plots. And this was probably been about a decade ago now. So I'm like in my mid-30s. I wasn't really ready to invest in a plot mm-hmm. yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but I mean, there has been some thought given, but not a ton. As we see more people in the family, unfortunately, pass, yeah. that conversation starts to come up more, right? Well, and it, it also, I, I don't know if it, uh, it depends, I, I guess, for many on religious acts, aspects. Like, of course, both, both you and Adrian are Catholic, so whereas Marie and I are not. Right. And she is still a... a, a well, I was. Adrian, not, not as much, yeah. But you're both, you were both baptized as Catholic, right? Right. Okay, so you could both go I together. She was, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Sinner. Yeah. Sinner. Right, like you. But yeah. <laughs> oh, I, think, I think I got a lot more sin than she does. Probably. I, I, I sense she has more of a belief system than I do. Uh, and I don't know any of her belief systems, but if she's... Yeah, no. There's very few who are so far down the scale in the belief of that, all of that. Anyhow, I don't know if this is true because I've never invested a second in, uh, looking into it. But my assumption always has been if you're Catholic, you can be buried in a Catholic cemetery. Right. But if you're not, you can't. Right. If that is true, then Marie and I aren't going into the same uh, hole together. Gotcha. Which I, I'm, I'm fine with. I, I don't know if she is. Uh, but I know that, as I said to you before, my funeral will cost about $4,000. Hers will cost about $400,000. <laughs> Pope will be brought in. The whole thing. Um, yeah, so it, it, it would be interesting, even that conversation, because if you want to go in where all your family is, right. does she follow you to that cemetery? Well, I mean, you did promise till death. Right. Right. After that, <laughs> after that, you can park. She can go wherever you want. <laughs> yeah. I got to be with you for eternity? <laughs> so, people... I remember when we were picking out wedding bands. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the lady at the store was like, oh, you know, why don't you put the diamonds all the way around it? The eternity mm-hmm. band. Mm-hmm. I said, well, I'm only promising till that. <laughs> I'll give her that. <laughs> yeah. The rest you got to earn. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a tough conversation to have. I, I mean, I'm looking at cremation and being spread at the brass rail. That's... <laughs> That's where my heart lies. That's not glitter. <laughs> Coming home spitting you out. No thanks. Uh, so a bunch of people were asked uh, what they want done. And at the top of the list is a cremation and a spread somewhere that is important. So be at the cottage right, or yeah. in a lake or on a golf course, mm-hmm. on a, 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 a ski mountain, somewhere like that. Cremation really seems... To be the way like the majority of people are going these days. Is that, is that a value option? Like, is that people saying, "Oh, it's a lot cheaper to be cremated." It's cheaper. You don't have to buy a coffin. You don't yeah. have to pay for the plot. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, it's a lot cheaper. A lot. Um, the one kind of a, well, if you're going to spread it in a in a special place, that that's one thing. And I think what people don't put much thought into. Uh, sometimes is that they just think, well, it's me, I'm done, I could care less, mm. right? At that point, I don't care. But it's kind of more what happens behind you, right? For those mm. uh, 
down your chain that want to remember you. If there's a, if there is a special place mm. that your ashes are spread, then they can go and they can remember things there. Well, you see a lot of memorial benches yep. uh, at, at golf courses. And, yeah, that's you know, right. Instead of being spread there, perhaps it's just hey, a place that you can go and think about them. And for many, that is the cemetery, right? Mm-hmm. They like having that plot there because if. One passes, a spouse passes before the other, then they can go and have, visit, have some some place to find comfort. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've sat at cemetery sides uh, for for uh, loved ones who have passed, and I I don't I don't get that comfort. I I get it just in everyday thoughts of that person, and I feel like when that body goes into the ground. Um, I don't need to go and stand there uh, to yeah. think about them. I, I can think about them always. And the idea, with my dad just passing in, in January, there is going to be a moment uh, probably this year uh, or maybe next because we're going to do as a, a celebration for him in the fall. So maybe the following summer that I'll take both my mom and my dad's ashes and I'll spread them uh, at a, near a cottage up near Wasega that they early on were dating and spent their summers. And to give the he- give the homeowner a heads up. Oh no, <laughs> no. Well, no he'll, they'll go into Georgian Bay at about three in the morning. They might not make it up to four hundred. Toss them out around Barry. That is the whole issue with this conversation and having it with you is that you're lacking that. Uh, what is that called? Oh, a heart. <laughs> Listen, I show I show loved ones care and concern when they're alive. When it's over, it's over. I want to see you on a Friday afternoon dealing with traffic going up oh. to Georgian Bay. Wouldn't wouldn't make it past Cookstown. <laughs> Who the hell spreads their ashes at Vaughn Mills, Craig? Oh, my mom was a big fan. Big fan of Wonderland. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not getting past uh, Major McKenzie. Not a <laughs> Yeah. Anyhow, cremation seems to be the way most people are going these days. <laughs> Kids, say a prayer. We're going under the major back overpass again. <laughs> Even Murphy, the little dog, their dog, he's going in the mix too. He's, oh my goodness! Oh yeah, he's going to be found there. Um, the second most popular way these days is to have your organs and tissues donated. Right. Followed by being buried under a tree, and then uh, traditional burial underground in a coffin. And then having your entire body donated to science. Um, but this one, and it's on the list, the Viking funeral. Having oh. your body sent out to water on a boat and set on fire with a flaming arrow. Oh, my goodness. Is there a professional flaming arrow guy these days? Like, who? <laughs> Don't miss. Could you imagine if I had to shoot that plane? I'd end up burning the boat I was on. I'd end up drowning in the middle of that lake. How many Viking shows have we watched that now this is an option for yeah, funerals? This is what we want. I, I somehow sense it's against the law in many countries. <laughs> Anyhow, I'll see you at the brass rail. Kit Kat candy bars are one of the most popular candies in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that, General Mills cereal is uh, rolling out a Kit Kat cereal. Nice. Now you can have candy for breakfast. Perfect. Yeah. Um, love me a Kit Kat, except yeah. it's uh, it's way too easily a shareable bar. Oh, well, because the way you can break them into the you sticks. Break them into the sticks, and yeah. you know, all of a sudden you get one, and a family of four thinks they're all getting a snack. Now, I would never share a, a chocolate or, or get your own Kit Kat. Right. So in your family, you'll open a Kit Kat, and they all come like uh, roaches around your Kit Kat. Ah, I, I just feel the eyes. 
oh. on the back of my neck. No. I don't share. I just no. That's why I like the Halloween ones because there's no uh, there's no sharing those. I don't eat any real junk food in front of any family members because there is this guilt game we all play with each other. <laughs> Make you feel terrible about yourself. So all my bad eating is done when nobody's around. Um, I've, I've actually hidden. I, I was When Daniel was living with us, I'd be having my snack when I got home, which usually included chips and peanuts and hot sauce. And I'd hear him come up the stairs and I'd throw the bowl in the pantry. <laughs> Of course, my mouth and cheeks are covered in chips, hot sauce, and peanuts. <laughs> Just no trickery going on. Uh, so with this Kit Kat cereal, uh, they don't really break up Kit Kats and toss them in the box, but that would be pretty epic. Uh, but it does supposedly taste like real Kit Kat. Mm. Each piece is a little square with ridges, so they look like a tiny version of the four Kit Kat bars before you break them apart. Of course, this isn't the first time that cereals have gone the candy route. There was a Sour Patch Kids cereal. There was Hershey Kisses cereal. Reese's Puffs, I think they're still around. Yeah. So get ready for this, Lucky. Wow. There will be a big box of this in your pantry. I remember as a kid, like, the cereal aisle was already epic. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, if you you went down to the States, you got to try some of their cereals. Crazy. You know, like, I don't think we had Cookie Crisp here. At that point, mm-hmm. we have it here now. But then I remember going down, like, boy, a bowl of cookies. What a way to start your day. And it's not just cookies. I mean, it's not just cereal. It's it's every, like, their aisles of potato chips are totally different. Right. Their, their cookie aisle, it's it's endless. Mm-hmm. And then we see the people that live in America <laughs> and what all those options have done to them. It is Little League season, time to get outside, sit in the warm evening weather, and watch your kids play baseball while other parents lose their poop on some 14-year-old ump and uh, start screaming at them. And it's been really bad. I remember when my uh, youngest played baseball. It's bad because the parents not only can yell and scream, but they have access to the umps. Right. Because they come out the diamond and they're, they're you know, standing there's no real protection, at least with the hockey refs, you know, they're, it's kind of tough to get to them. But I've seen parents, you know, running up and screaming into kids' faces and grabbing them and pulling them and pushing them. And, oh, yeah, just the worst. So anyhow, there's this town who's decided that they've had enough of this. And uh, they've had several umps walk away after being harassed by parents. So they, th- they thought, we got to come up with something here. We need some sort of punishment for these uh, parents. Who can't keep it together. So now this town has put in a rule that if you're caught parading an ump during a game, you'll be banned from the complex, which is good. Um, if you want to get back in, you got to suit up as an ump and call three games. Wow. The idea is if you're such a know-it-all, grab some gear, step behind the plate, and prove how great you are. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I think they should be incorporated in all sports. Right. Send them out on the ice. Even if they can't skate, that'll be half the fun. Well, I was going to say, usually the biggest offenders in hockey are the ones who can't play themselves mm-hmm. or skate, really don't know the game. But they got a couple of calls in their mind, and they are screaming. Yeah. So they will have an actual ump uh, standing by, a certified ump, to uh, to correctly call the game. Because, as you just said, most of them won't know what they're doing anyhow. Right. You know. 
So good. You know what? It's uh, uh, it's it's ridiculous, and and it's and it starts from such a young age with parents losing their mind. Okay, if your kid's like 14 and he's playing rep something and actually has a chance of doing something, getting an education through this, or carrying on to some sort of playing position on a team somewhere, okay, I, I get the emotions running high. But if your kid's four and would rather be picking their nose than picking up the ball. <laughs> I Yeah, I, I know in, in hockey, baseball as well, they have problems recruiting young referees mm-hmm. and umpires. Because who wants it? Who would want to do that for yeah. your 20 bucks or whatever it may be? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, do you, to become a, a ref in any sport, uh, I don't know of... Off the top of my head, I don't know of any like professional player, say in hockey, who became a ref, like towards the end of their career, or it's something you do, I guess, from a young age. You start umping in baseball in your local town, uh, and you move up the ranks. How does someone become a referee in the NHL? Um, well, there's two ways. Either you you start from from young. Usually, yeah. you were a player, and you decided for some extra cash, you become a referee for younger leagues, All right? Uh, and you continue that through. Um, or the, I know the NHL, especially for linesmen, uh, did start recruiting former players, mm. um, and not not necessarily former players at the NHL level, but former players at the college or right. or, or OHL level. Um, I know um, Corey Nagy was one who was an Oshawa general who who went into the NHL linesman program, and they were they they teach them, but they needed people who could skate and skate fast enough to keep up and get out of the way the NHL game and. Exactly. Know the game well enough to avoid yeah. uh, situations where you get them or players hurt. Too. Oh, yeah. You see some good stunt work out there when they're jumping over the puck and jumping oh. on the boards. And, and with no stick in your hands. Yeah. And, like, the balance and skating that they have. And it was funny. Like, the second a referee falls, the whole crowd reacts yeah, and cheers. Right. How flipping hard that is. Yeah, it, it does <laughs> seem incredibly difficult, and especially at the hockey level. I mean, with umping, it's a whole slower thing. Maybe there's a lot more rules involved with uh, with baseball. Oh, you look at the speed of yeah. the game, like, the speed that that puck is traveling, mm-hmm. and you know, referees to work themselves, maneuver themselves into a position to tell whether or not that puck has crossed the line, and you've got the looming you know video review behind mm-hmm. you, uh, you know, should you get it wrong. But there's so many things, and I've complained about refereeing at times, and you wonder. Okay, is there is there an agenda here? Are they, are they dictating the game? We saw we've seen referees in the NHL, guys like Tim Peel, who've been banished from the game because they were caught on a hot mic saying, "I I owed this team one," mm-hmm. and and fans outing that, thinking that it's wrong, and and it's such a, a real thankless job. Oh it's yeah, really tough to, yeah. to to think you a lot of people would want to get into that. Does it pay well? Does a ref make good money? Okay, yeah, yeah, but but it's such a nomadic lifestyle too. Sure, right? Because you know you're basically on your own. We you might have a crew of a couple of guys that you you travel with more regularly, but you know you're hotel in, hotel out, flight in, flight out, and mm-hmm. and uh, I mean sure you get the summer off per se, but uh, you know for those who have a family, it's not an easy job. No. I'd be terrible at it because I'm so easily convinced I'm wrong all the time. <laughs> I'd call something, that's a penalty, someone scream it's not, I'd go, okay, you're right, forget it, 
Play on. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.